Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And I'm really uh, excited to visit with an old friend, actually, uh, someone I got a chance to teach with when we were both at Westside High School, uh, Sydney Kobza, who now is the Assistant Director of Career and Technical Education for our Department of Education. And so we're going to talk a little CTE today on the pod. So, Sydney, thanks for joining us. Great to catch up with you. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share. Yeah, and you know, I reached out because I saw on Twitter not too long ago, there's a number of things that are going on uh, in the area of CTE statewide, and noted too that there are over 116,000 students in Nebraska that are enrolled in CTE courses, uh, and wow, that was a pretty impressive number and really just made me think uh, a lot about it has to have been challenging during this past year uh, for a lot of those courses, but I'm really excited to see too that there's some great efforts being made to adapt to the present moment, but also through this action grant uh, that we're going to talk about as well. And so that's kind of the, the overview of our conversation. Uh, so Sydney, maybe to start with, why don't you give us a little your background in, in education and kind of your road to your current position? Yeah, well, as you said, I'm the Assistant Director of Career and Technical Education, but prior to that, I taught business education and computer science at Westside High School. I do want to touch on kind of what CTE is, if that's okay, and then... Um, yeah. I can explain like the role of business and then the role of the other different career fields within it. And so career and technical education are the different opportunities that students get in their schools where they can participate in courses that tie to their future passions or different career areas that they're interested in. They're enhanced by opportunities with partnerships with different businesses, they are brought together through the career and technical student organizations for cross-curricular opportunities where students can actually compete in the areas that they are interested in and have the opportunities to showcase their skills in a variety of settings. These courses are very hands-on. Several are done in a lab and they go across the board on different career areas. We have six different career fields and so they are business marketing and management, communication and information systems, um, health sciences, human sciences and education, agriculture, food and natural resources, and then skilled and technical sciences. And so when I taught at Westside, I taught in the business area as well as the communication and information systems area. And then after I left Westside, I came to the Department of Education and I was the business marketing and management career field specialist. And at the department, we have different career field specialists in all of those areas. Some we have two that really focus on professional development, standards implementation, and really any technical assistance, making sure that those career field areas have the support that they need. And then the students are able to get those opportunities through those areas. That's awesome. And I, I would ask, I guess, how, what has sort of been the learning curve for you personally, going from being incredibly knowledgeable about one of those areas and into your new role as you're getting a chance to explore uh, the full breadth of what falls under that CTE moniker? That is a wonderful question. I work with an outstanding team of leaders and I, I feel very confident in my knowledge about the business marketing and management area. I am not as knowledgeable in some of the different career field areas, but we have some wonderful career field specialists who provide information and support and invite others to join 
And so one of the cool things about coming into the assistant director position is being able to participate in some of the PD sessions that the other career field specialists are doing, being a part of some of the different CTSOs and learning about the different skills that the kids are competing in and having the opportunity to judge those, having the opportunity to learn about those has been very rewarding. And so I've learned a lot about different programs from alternative energy to different welding programs and where those are structured within our career field areas. I've learned a lot about the health science field and been a part of some of those meetings and learning about how we are utilizing nurses in schools to help teach some of those courses and just really all the opportunities that are provided from our different career fields across the state. And so I've been very lucky to just kind of jump in. And even in this virtual setting, I've been able to jump into more meetings with those different career field specialists to learn more about the different fields. And so very blessed to be working on a team that's always sharing and always learning along with each other. Uh, that so mirrors my experience in this world too. And just that I feel like every day I'm in a new conversation with uh, some impressive educator who is doing amazing work someplace in our state. And uh, I've just enjoyed so much just learning from those knowledgeable professionals and starting to see a little bit more of the full breadth of what uh, is going on in education for our, our kiddos statewide. That being said, too, I know that we had hoped to explore a little bit of this revision action grant that you're promoting and, and intimately involved with here with this opportunity for students uh, to really just have an enhanced experience in CTE. So, yeah, for those that aren't familiar with this, like myself on some level, right? uh, let's uh, yeah learn a little bit more about the revision action grant. So we get around $7.2 million in Perkins federal funds that we utilize to run our administrative duties at the department, as well as flow through the different local education agencies. So when the Perkins funds are distributed, they are distributed at the consortium level, this different standalone levels, and then the post-secondary levels. So in order to carry out some of these career and technical education goals, it costs a lot of money, or it can cost a lot of money to implement a new programs, to purchase new pieces of equipment. And the revision action grant allows those districts that might not have enough in their allocation to purchase all of these equipments or to try something really innovative within their district. It will allow them to apply for a grant up to $100,000 to start those programs. And so we awarded close to a million dollars last year. We also had up to 2 million apply for the grant. And so it's, it's very much needed and it's very rewarding that we can actually implement those programs because of this action grant. And so I do wanna share that Nebraska is the only state that does not receive a state match in their Perkins federal funding. And so the $7.2 million that we get from the federal government, those are the only Perkins funds we get for CTE in our state. The action grants really give those smaller districts an opportunity that we've seen it alongside some different bond issues. They've applied for the action grants as a way to supplement some of those pieces. We've seen them implement new greenhouses, purchase software, train our teachers up so that they can be certified in different programs that really enhance or level up their CTE programs. And it's just, it's been such an awesome opportunity to see these grants 
carried out and to see what these districts are doing with those funds that wouldn't have been able to do these awesome CTE programs without having those. Another point I do want to bring up with this action grant is when they apply for this action grant, they do have to align it to the different CTE strategic priorities. And so making sure that it aligns with our Perkins 5 goals and making sure it aligns with moving CTE forward in Nebraska too. And there are some different stipulations with the revision grant. So I do want to just point out that any individual secondary or post-secondary Perkins recipient or a combination of the recipients are eligible for the grant. And so it used to be there was a revision initial grant and then the action grant. Now, since Perkins 5, each LEA went through the revision process, they are all eligible for this grant. And so that's really opened up a lot of doors for our districts too. And so they're not waiting on the three-year process. And then also there are specific target populations for the grant too. And so a focus on rural areas, areas with high percentages of CTE students, and then areas with high numbers of CTE students or areas with disparities or gaps in performance. Awesome. So that grant is uh, really responsive to needs and, and use too, right? As you're talking about places where there's a high enrollment. Correct. And so, so if a district or a community sees the need or starts to see those careers and has local data that would promote those different programs starting up, those are different pieces to consider too when implementing these high quality CTE programs. Yeah. And so on a local level, what does that look like for identifying some of those needs, right? And so as you're receiving these grants, there's justifications for why these funds would be spent on the initiative that they obviously are are hoping that the grant funds are used to meet. So give me a feed on the ground context here of what that might look like. Yeah. And so really focusing on those H3 jobs, so high skill, high demand and high wage jobs, um, looking at student interest is also something districts do aligning with the post-secondary opportunities that could come from the different program areas. And so like really thinking about partnering with the community colleges in their areas, those are all things to consider when looking at those different programs and looking at those needs. Another piece of information would be to look at your student data. There are some wonderful indicator reports in Advisor where you can look at gaps and disparities and really focus in on helping certain student populations to meet those needs and make sure that they have access to high quality CTE programs. Because as we know, these CTE programs help students to the next step of their career or to the next step of their post-secondary journey. And so we want to make sure that they have these opportunities when they are in school and we want to make sure that they have access to these programs as well. And so those are all things to consider when going through this revision action grant process. And I love that there's that intentionality around, yes, it is secondary, but it is also post-secondary. And if I saw this correctly in the uh, eight steps that were on the promotional piece that I saw, um, step eight was to actually start to foster in some middle school CTE. Is that? Yeah. And so those are the eight strategic priorities. And so there's no real steps with that, but more so like those are the areas that we are really trying to focus in on. Middle school CTE is definitely, definitely one of those priorities. Um, Understanding that that career exploration, that career development piece, those all need to happen starting in middle school. 
and so that they are ready for transitioning appropriately to high school and then transitioning into their post-secondary journeys too. So yes, that is one of the areas of focus. Yeah, and that's so critical because with all of this, this is a, a trained skill in a, in a lot of cases. And it's something that obviously practice makes perfect, right? And so uh, I love even thinking back to our kind of shared experience at Westside and some of the great programs they had at the middle school level. It raised the ceiling, I think, for some of the work that was able to be done once students got to the high school and, you know, just kind of playing that out. Uh, a number of those students, some of them that I had, uh, went on to places like Metro, where they have incredible programs in some of those areas. So, yeah, that's it's awesome to see how intentional your work has been with regards to making that more of a statewide experience. I really think back to how middle school. And I just think about Christine Shabram with her work in computer science and how closely her and I worked together my last few years at Westside, really trying to get those computer science courses started in the high school and just getting those middle school kids interested so that they would enroll in them in high school. And I remember working with her, going down to her middle school classroom and going to her Girls Who Code events. And it just, it was very intentional at Westside. And so that's my known experience. And so that's where being able to share those examples and being able to share those best practices. I'm very blessed to have that experience at West. I didn't have those different colleagues too, that I still communicate with and visit with about these different priorities. Uh, yeah. And I, again, speak from kind of a, a little bit of a similar experience, obviously with our shared background there. And you know, the other point with that being too is, is the learners. Uh, I was in the classroom as recently as this past spring. And yeah, a number of my students were going on to, to be plumbers and we're going on to be welders and we're taking part actually in some statewide competitions <laughs> regarding that. Uh, and it was really impressive to hear them talk, like you're saying, with the same intentionality that the teachers had to put into, because there was just a clear why, right? And they had been through enough experiences that, uh, uh, that had resonated with them and gave them a focus on what they could do, you know, post high school and as a potential career. And, and it was just really impressive. So uh, I, that might be an opportunity for us to maybe pivot a little bit, because I know there's a number of state competitions that, that take place around CTE. So uh, Sydney, could you talk to some of those maybe? You bet. Conference season is probably the busiest time in our office. And so we have seven CTSOs, which are the our career technical student organizations, where students have the opportunity to take the skills that they learn in the classroom and compete and then also provide their community with some additional support and just really grow as a leader through those career and technical student organizations. And so Educators Rising, their state leadership conference was yesterday. DECA starts today and tomorrow. And those different student organizations have had a very unique year. And last year at this time, as you know, everything started to shut down. Those state leadership conferences, take they take the entire calendar year to plan. And so we had to make the tough call early March last year when Nebraska started shutting down to cancel those competitions or at least to provide some of those competitions virtually, not having them in person. And thousands of students participate in those activities. And so FBLA, for example, would have over 2000 students attend their state leadership conference and compete. And so you, we couldn't bring those large numbers of students together during that time. And so really thinking about how they could plan for this year when we would always go by what the health departments were saying and 
knowing that these take so long to plan, making the tough call that they would all have to be in a virtual setting again this year and adjusting to how do we still provide these opportunities for students in a virtual setting and still give them the opportunity to compete at the national level. And a lot of the national conferences have gone to a virtual setting too. And so if a student qualifies for nationals, they'll still get an opportunity to compete nationally and possibly be a national winner. But right now they are resilient and it has been wonderful. I've actually judged a couple of the DECA events that were prejudged and just seeing how the students are learning different presentation skills, learning how to really enhance their videos so that when they are sharing their business reports and marketing reports that how to really showcase their message, how to showcase their data, different things that they might not have had to do in the in-person series, but they're doing it now and they're just gaining a whole new skill set and they're still getting these opportunities. And so it's different, but our state advisors are working tirelessly to make sure that they have those opportunities. I know Skills USA, the state advisor was discussing how many different camera angles they're setting up for an in-person, I believe it was an automotive competition. And so these kids are still getting those opportunities. And I know I'm stressing that quite a bit, but it just looks different and it, it, it is difficult, but it's also just a unique way of just showing how we are resilient, how we are pivoting, how we are undertaking new skills and making sure that we can still be competitive in a digital setting. It's so reassuring for me to hear about opportunities like this, because I recognize that all of us need to be mindful of our mental health at this time. And all of us need to really uh, be able to invest in things that are productive that we can let our passions sort of thrive right through. And even if it has to look a little different, the fact that the competition has taken place and kids who are, have spent maybe the last three years, you know, working uh, towards their opportunity to compete um, at the state and national level in these ways, it's just so heartwarming to know that they are able to, and you're seeing it, right? That they're pouring everything they have into making their videos the best they can be to be able to present in a different space. Uh, and I love hearing that because it does speak to, I think what education should always be is just that, that positive opportunity for students to be invested in something meaningful. Uh, and that's just really powerful. And I do want to stress too, I know I've been talking a lot about the competitions and just that's kind of what we see on our, as the state advisors and overseeing those different events. But these students have also been working within their career and technical student organizations to better their community. And so I know Ashland Greenwood FBLA right now, they are planning a run as one of their like business events. And so they're learning how to manage an event but then also providing another way to actively involve their community outdoors, bring people together in a safe way, but also give the students an opportunity to fundraise and help their community out too. And so just seeing these kids still being able to participate, still wanting to be involved with the career technical student organizations, even though they're not able to come to Lincoln, come to Omaha to get those opportunities or to compete in person. It's still, it's, it's just, it's heartwarming to see them fighting through it and performing. 
I love that part too, right? That we're talking about creating productive members of society who yes. have a vision for where they might someday fit, you know, within their, you know, future career and making the intentional steps to get there. But I love that it's, it's ongoing too, and that they're having that impact today. And it's not just something that's going to happen, you know, 10 years from now when they graduate from maybe that post-secondary institution. Um, and so therein lies that investment that we want to make in this work, <laughs> because it, it is helping out those local communities, along with growing these uh, skills in the individuals that, that comprise that. So uh, just good stuff. I've seen a lot with FFA too. One, one really proud piece that I will share, the participation in the virtual events in FFA, for example, they, I believe, are still at or around where they were last year. And so the students are still wanting to be a part of it and still wanting to compete in it. And so I just, I, I, I know that's not the case necessarily for all of them, but when I was talking to the FFA state advisors, they're like, yeah, we're still at, and I'm not going to remember the number, so I don't want to share it, but usually they have like over 6,000 students participating in their state conferences. And so really impressed that they are still all in with a lot of these different competitions and community events. So kudos to them. It's so great. I, I just really appreciate hearing and learning more about all this and which is why we want to be on the pod so we can share this out. Uh, and so uh, as I say, on the regular, really, 30 minutes goes by really fast. And <laughs> so that being said, as we kind of bring this, this in, what am I not asking? Or what is it that, that you'd like to leave us as a parting message about CTE? Maybe both. What have, what have we not covered? And then also what's something that you'd close it with? Being a part of career and technical student organization at the state level has given me an opportunity to have an impact on teachers, students, but also the communities. And so I really just want to share that in order to move Nebraska career and technical education forward and to keep moving it forward, we need engagement from all stakeholders in education. And so really focusing in on the students, doing what's the, in the best interest for students, focusing in on providing the support for the teachers and then making sure we're recruiting and retaining those high quality teachers in our state too. But then also really getting input from the community so that we are informing what are the best things that we are teaching through our different programs, through our different courses, and making sure everything is relevant in Nebraska. And so really focusing in on doing what's best for our students, but then also providing a workforce for Nebraska's economy. And that's just a huge part of what we do and why we do it. Here's all deal. Like, I just want to say, yes, that like is so true of CTE, but it should be true of all of education, I think, on some level as well. And uh, it's so great hearing that. I do uh, want to add, though, through, and maybe this is getting too far into the standards revision process, but we work very closely with our TNL team, um, our teaching and learning and assessment team at the department as well. And really focusing on career readiness is across the board in all areas. Another time, I don't know if you'll want to have me back for this, but I would love to discuss career academies. That is something that's very much like taking our CTE content and then a contextualized core course 
and making it relevant for students through an academy process. And so there's a huge connection to tie with core and CTE in those different areas. And we're seeing a lot of those um, pop up in Omaha and across the state too. Wow, that's really, I, I like that. It has to give a practical application to those core classes where sometimes those connections, those connections should be there, but they're not always as apparent as they might be, when, I would imagine, when you bring those two together. No, and one of the coolest examples, and I, I know this is kind of off of what we're now. talking about, but Papillion La Vista's Health Science Academy, when I first started in my role, I had the opportunity to go and view how they were set up. And so we went into like a medical class and they were showing on a mannequin, just different procedures. I, I couldn't tell you what they were, but then I walked over to the English class that was going on and they were reading Macbeth and their discussions around Macbeth were all contextualized to why you're thinking like this and how that relates to a career in medicine. And it was just, it was so unique and like the kids were in scrubs and they were holding their Macbeth books and reading how I remember reading it when I was a junior in high school and going through the different parts of the play, but then stopping to have those discussions and relating it to why they need to know this, why they're thinking this way, why it's important to understand this process. And so it, it's just, it was really cool to see that in action. <laughs> Isn't it just so impressive what's going on across the state just and the a level of intentionality that goes into that because that's not a natural pivot to go well we got Macbeth and we got this mannequin <laughs> let's yeah let's pair those but but education is just amazing uh, in the way that people are able to make some of those connections and and that's what drives home meaning uh, I think for learners sometimes is when they can the person who might connect to the literature is able to do that, which opens up a door to the medical piece or vice versa. Uh, and so you're reaching more learners where those places overlap. And so very briefly, and I'll just kind of pull the curtain back here and say, because I didn't mention it or bring it up earlier, because we talked about covering this, uh, the standards revision process. Uh, I know that's something that you're going through right now. Curious to hear more about that uh, and where you are with that work. I know it's kind of ongoing, uh, but it's cool to get an update sometimes. You bet. And so I mentioned the six different career fields earlier, and we are revising all six different career field standards this year. And so what that looks like, we are in the process right now of gathering stakeholder input, making sure that the courses, the trends, the skills that we are embedding into these course standards are relevant, are current, and focusing on different representatives across the state of Nebraska. Um, we are doing a very general stakeholder group, and then we are breaking it down into the different career field areas as well. We're conducting those all this spring, and then we will bring teachers together this summer to begin revising and writing those standards. And hopefully looking forward to getting some public input on those standards this fall, and then um, bringing it to the state board by the end of the year. So that's where we're at for those. Gosh, what a challenge, at least for, as an outsider looking in, uh, to think across everything that we've talked about today and the standards that go along with the diverse range of experiences that fall under the CTE title. So good luck, I guess, <laughs> with Thank that you. work. I'm sure yeah, that you're all doing amazing work in that space. And last thing then that we'll say for the pod, Revision Action Grant. Can you give us like timelines and, and where we could go to learn more and maybe submit an application? You bet. The CT, or the Nebraska Career Technical Education website has a revision tab. 
and the application, the overview, everything you need to know about the revision grant can be found on that application. The applications are open. They are due by May 3rd at five o'clock Central Standard Time. And so you still have plenty of time. Please, if you are applying for the revision action grant, feel free to reach out to our awesome workforce partnership specialist, Therese Marzouk. She is leading a lot of that work and providing those different pieces with um, how to, where to go. She even has like a video series going through the application. And so if there are some confusing parts, she's more than happy to go through all of those with you. And then I would also encourage LEAs to reach out to their monitors if they have additional questions. And so um, your monitors can help you out. And we look forward to seeing the awesome ideas that come across those action grants. That's a really fun thing to, um, this is probably one of the most rewarding pieces of this job is seeing those grants awarded. Um, it's so cool. I can just see you light up just talking about it. So I know you mean it, right? Like you can just hear it in your voice. And so- Love uh, giving away money. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. who doesn't like uh, being on the other end of that as well? So I'd encourage everybody to check out the CTE site for more information. Uh, Sydney, thank you so much for your time and for your advocacy, not only today, but every day in the role that you serve our schools in Nebraska. Uh, and yeah, we'll have to have you back on the pod sometime soon uh, to talk a little bit more about all the other things that are uh, kind of going on in your world, but thanks for taking a little time today. You bet. Thank you, Andrew.